Welcome, welcome, welcome. If, if you're newer, we're talking about Jesus, which I hope you anticipate that. If you're brand new to church, you're like, I wonder what they're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about Jesus, but I need, to, uh, I need to fast forward quite some time, but not a ton of time, to a thing, a time, a moment, a calendar thing known as Easter. I know. I know some of you are like, what? So, here's what, some of you are planners. Good job. Some of you aren't. Catch up. We are going to have Easter. It's in April. And, and here's what we do as a church. We offer, we offer services at, at all of our locations. And, and we want to make sure everyone has a seat. That's, that's why this works. You're like, how much are they? They don't cost anything. The tickets are free, but we want to make sure that you have a seat. So, this is your save the date. Those of you who are planners are listening. Those of you who aren't, you're like, he'll say this again sometime. No, get your tickets for Easter. I'm, I'm going to be there. I hope you'll be there. And think about who you're going to invite, get tickets. But this is your, this is your save the date. Okay, you got it? I'm not going to say much more about this. So there we go. So not too disconnected, though, from what we're doing as a church now. I'm going to talk about Jesus on Easter. But let's talk about Jesus today. Now to do so, I want to do it in a bit of a weird way. So that's, okay, let me just reference this in your life. Have you ever realized how good you had it once you lost how good you had it? Sorry to stir up some bad relationship moments. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But most of us have been there where we're like, it's okay. And then you lose whatever that was and you realize, ooh, life's not as good. Well, to teach us all about Jesus, I need to do that to you. Don't worry. I, I rewrote something about Jesus. Now, just for those of you who know the Bible really well, I'm aware that I rewrote this and this is not in the Bible. I will correct this as we go. I am my own shepherd. I don't have what I need. I get so little rest, I have no peace. Thought there might be amens, some parents, but it's fine. I get so little rest, I have no peace. I feel weak. I'm going in all the wrong directions. When I do go, it's, it's so scary and I'm afraid. I feel all alone like nobody's with me. I have lots of threats, nobody's fighting for me. My enemies are winning. I'm mocked, belittled. Nobody sees me as significant. I'm empty. I mean, it doesn't get much more depressing than that. But here's what I know. I spent time writing that for you. Because I think there's a lot of us. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or anything or to stand up. Or, I think there's a lot of us. Who would say, I know that's not, I think, how Psalm 23 in the Bible goes. But you know what, David? Sounds like my life, though. If you've ever been in any of those moments, right? When I read, like, this absence of, of hope and, and this idea that things and people are against you. And it's like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? If you've ever been there, it's in the Bible. Not written this way, though. I think we can identify with this. Let, let, me, let me tell you the correct Version. Some of you have this memorizer. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. 
He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. This is already sounding a whole lot better. (laughs) He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you're close beside me. Your, Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I'll live in the house of the Lord forever. Vastly different. Okay? Some of us don't have much of a memory. And I get that because I'm one of those people. You're like, different from what? The, the, the first version that I read to you. The one that I made up. If you want to know, what's the difference between the two? One has a shepherd and one doesn't. One one has what's called the good shepherd. The other has, maybe it's you or someone else. Maybe it's just this life, this version where you're like, I don't even know how to do this, but it just feels like everything's against me. The only difference between the two is the shepherd. You need a shepherd in your life. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need to know everything about uh, livestock and farm animals because I am not the professional in that world. But the Bible talks about this in a profound way that you and I need to own this. When we're talking about Jesus, when we're talking about Jesus, we got to bring up the idea that, or the truth, that he's a shepherd. Now, now why? Well, it goes back to what I rewrote, and let me tell you, Jesus was talking about the good shepherd stuff, and I'll take you to where he talked about. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. When Jesus talked about him being the shepherd and all that, he was talking about this. He says that that you and I have this this thief going after us, trying to to kill, destroy. If you're new to the Bible, you're like, that seems rather intense. If you're not new to the Bible, it seems rather intense. When we talk about Jesus, what I want to teach you, if you don't know it, or maybe remind you if you've forgotten about it, is that Jesus is not just this far off something, this being, this divine entity that like sometimes shows up. No, no, there's a lot in your life that you are desperate for if you don't realize that you need a shepherd. So let's walk through this. What, what this just said, what this verse I just read to you, uh, you, you need a shepherd because you need protection. Uh, if you got someone trying to kill you, destroy you, take you down, according to, to the Bible, according to Jesus, you, you, need, a, you need a shepherd. Hmm. So, so let's go back to what Jesus talked about. I am the good shepherd. This is why we're talking about this. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. So we go from I'm the good shepherd to there's sacrifices, and again, it gets rather intense. So, so let me show you the intensity. He keeps talking. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. Just visualize it for a moment. You know, the, you know, the person, I mean, they're, they're, fresh, they're fresh out of the ninth grade. And you said, hey, I'm going to pay you in a couple weeks. Can you, can you protect my, my flock from wolves? And then the, the fresh ninth grader, which I love ninth graders and I hate them. Come on, come on. But when they see the wolf, they're like, I'm out. A hired hand will, will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will, he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. 
And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Don't miss that. The wolf attacks and, and, and scatters. The hired hand runs away. Yep, we get that point. Oh, away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Uh, let me teach you how to understand the Bible. Oftentimes when it says this stuff, you need to read what's not there. What's not there is Jesus going, I'm not that. I'm not a hired hand. When you got trouble in your life, I'm going to be there. You need to be reminded of this. But that wolf part, that scattered part, See, many of us get like, some of us are like, yeah, I knew we needed to get cameras at the house. Pastor David's saying there's like wolves out to get us. And you're, you're going to hire security guards and you're going to get new, new locks and you're going to be like, we are in trouble. Okay, okay, okay. And yes, yes, there are physical dangers. I'm not hating on that, okay? Okay. Let me talk to you a bit more about how I think the enemy's trying to get you. Because it's how he tries to get me. He tries to get me, mostly not at my front door. He tries to get me up here. I don't know if you've ever had a day where your war was in your head. You struggled seeing yourself as valuable. You struggled, like when you show up at work, it felt like, it just felt like, it. you don't have like proof. You couldn't like write it down and document it, but it, it felt like things were against you. People were, you began to believe stuff about life that you couldn't prove it, but you kind of feel it. It seems rational. You ever had a day where you weren't quite sure if, if you were just flat out enough, enough to, to be uh, a good spouse, to be a good friend, to be a good parent, to be a good what? Just go down the list, right? I, if you've never been there, good for you. But most of us, like the wolf coming after, it's lies. It's, it's lies in our head just going, you're horrible. You're worthless. You should have no dreams, no vision in life. Trying to steal our focus. Not necessarily knocking on the door, quite literally trying to scare us. I can tell you why. There's a tactic that the devil is using. It's isolation. Here, the devil wants you isolated. Uh, if you don't know much, if you don't watch like the animal channel kind of stuff where you, I mean, because you're like, I don't like seeing animals chased and, and dying. I thought about showing you videos, but then I thought most of you would immediately be like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm done. No. But, but most of us are aware that how animals attack other animals is typically to isolate one of them, typically the weakest one. And many of us, the way we need to know the devil's coming after us is to get you kind of pulled away from the pack. Now, you're like, but I'm around people. Come on, David, I'm a church. <laughs> There's people. Okay. Yeah, but mentally, mentally, are you isolated? Are, are, you, are you even right now not even thinking about what I'm sharing? Your mind is already back on to what someone said to you or what you think they said or what you think they did or what played out in the past or what's coming up in the future. You see what happens? Where, where the devil's trying to isolate you out of good and healthy. It happens all the time and there is extreme danger in isolation. Um, many of us are familiar with a man by the name of John McCain. I'm not getting political for those of you who are like, what are you doing? Oh, but I mean, if you've, if you've watched politics, you, you heard about, and now will be in the history books, John McCain. Many of us know he's a guy who ran for president before. 
And, and, and especially if you're younger, you don't, you don't know how, how life played out uh, near the beginning for John McCain. You know him as a politician. You don't know him as the POW, prisoner of war. Uh, at, at one point in his life, he was a prisoner and, and he was beaten brutally. I'll save a lot of the details. You can, you can Google it and, and talk to others about it. But I can go in, in, in basics. His arms uh, were brutally beaten. One of them broken. Uh, legs were broken. Often would be so badly, almost to death, beaten, and then thrown in, in, essence, in essence in a cage of isolation. And this would happen over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, you see the point here where, where he's nearly in a, in, a, in a body cast almost, right? And I don't know what your version of like the worst of the worst, right? But what I find fascinating is what John McCain said about his experience. And most of us would say the beatings, the broken bones, right? Those were the worst of the worst. Uh, Here's what John McCain said. Isolation crushes your spirit. The devil knows this. If he can get you mentally isolated, he can crush your spirit. Isolation crushes your spirit and weakens your resistance more effectively than any other form of mistreatment. Can we just stop and recognize what this guy's saying? His bones were broken, brutally beaten, going, yeah, that was bad, but it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as the isolation. I mean, that's, you have to believe it. He doesn't have anything to gain from Saying something different. More studies were done of other POWs. Do you know they have now scientifically proven that the same kind of trauma can happen to your brain caused by isolation as an actual physical head trauma? Isolation is so dangerous. And I would say this. And this is opinion. I say it with opinion. Documented as opinion. <laughs> if you want to know what's breaking down our culture now, isolation. What's destroying our thoughts is isolation. This is not a new tactic. The devil wants you thinking and overthinking and overanalyzing and all of a sudden coming to your own opinions about everything and everyone. And once he gets you there, you're isolated. You need a good shepherd to fix this. You can't just rethink yourself into a better place. You need a good shepherd. So let's talk about what the good shepherd does regarding this. I, here's what he said. I tell you the truth, just if you want to know if he's a liar. He's not. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. Most of us are like, he's a swinging door with a latch. And I almost, I mean, at first you're like, it's kind of neat. Like, is there a lock? Like, is, it, is there Bluetooth with my phone? I can unlock that? What, what, what kind of gate are we talking about? And, and many of us have not been taught that, the, that he's the good shepherd, but you need to know what he meant because it's amazing. Here is a, a picture of a sheepfold. 
that Jesus would have been referring to. Literally, the shepherd would have gathered as many sticks and everything, all he could to, to make some sort of a fold. And, and this is the gate. You're like, there is no gate there, David. I'm sorry. Wrong picture, right? No, it's the right picture. This is the gate. Every, every night before the sun would set, the shepherd would, would get the sheep into the fold. And then you're like, now what? Does the, does the shepherd then go find some more sticks and kind of put them in? No. Remember, the shepherd was the gate. And if you want to, no, literally, the shepherd would then, once the sheep roll in there, would sit down and fill that void, that space. The shepherd would. I mean, it's one thing to close a gate, the shepherd, and say, see you guys later. I'm going to go hope all's well. No, the good shepherd says, you need a gate. I'm going to sit here, and anything that comes after you, listen to this, any thief, any bad thought, anything dangerous, I'm going to be here, and it's got to go over me to get to you. You see why you need to know what the real gate is? Because the sheep could, could try to get out, but they gotta go, they got to go over the shepherd. But the threat, the threat trying to come in, has to go through the shepherd. Do you know how Jesus sees you? Not just like, hey, here's a place, have at it, I'll see you when you die. He says, no, I'm gonna walk with you the rest of your life and you're gonna battle thoughts, you're gonna battle the enemy, you're gonna battle these moments, you're gonna struggle. See, the whole isolation talk is not, hey, Pastor David said I need to go find some friends. Well, friends are good. No, I'm saying, who's in your head? Who's fighting for you? Jesus keeps talking to you. He says, I read to you, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Look what Jesus says about himself. I came that they may have life, that they may have life. You see the difference between he and the devil? I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. If you're right now isolated and your thoughts are when you look in the mirror, you hate what you see. When you think about yourself, you hate what you think. When you process new moments and adventures and challenges, you think, I never can. I can't. Everyone hates me. They're against me. If you're there, you're not living the abundant life. You're living based on expectation, your expectations. Let me, let me, let me try to example it this way. No, I don't cook. But I want you to understand this word abundantly. So when, when you cook, now some of you don't follow the instructions. But there are, there are directions where you're like, hey, put this much, and, and here's the expectations. If you do this, then you get this pretty picture, right? Um, and most of us live life that way. We've got our thoughts, we have our expectations. We're like, well, if I, if I just do this, then I get right at that line, and you, and you know exactly what to expect, and this is how you see life. The problem with this, this is not what Jesus intends for you. When the Bible says, when Jesus says, I came so you would have an abundant life, here's what he's saying. Hey, what you've got measured, what you expect about yourself, what you think you're capable of, hey, good job, but I've got the abundant. And so he's trying to say, this is what the word literally means, I've got more than the measure. Here, here, let's get out of cooking. Let me, let me show you this. This is the actual definition, exceeding the measure. Here's what this means for, for your life. When you look at life and you see it through here, right? 
Let's get beyond the nice, like, no, I see it through my eyes. Yeah, I know you do, but it's here. You see life through here. Do you expect miracles? Do you expect God to intervene? Do you expect the miraculous, the supernatural? Do you expect God to walk with you? You're like, no, I expect what happened last time. Okay, that's your right. You're not living the abundant life. And Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, and I've come to give you the abundant life. And so here's, here's what he's saying. Here's, here, let me get to the point. Your heart and mind need a gatekeeper. If you want to live the abundant life, if you actually want to live beyond your personal expectations, the Bible even says that. Like, like he wants to do more than you can ever imagine, more than you can ever dream in your life. If you want that, you need a gatekeeper. So let me say this in the kindest way possible. You're not the best gatekeeper for your life. Jesus said you need a good shepherd, someone who can do it for you. And you're like, okay, 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 okay. How do I make Jesus my gatekeeper? I'll give you a basic step. One of my heroes, Billy Graham. If you don't know who Billy Graham is, he spent his life showing people who Jesus is. He preached and showed it all over and all over. And, and if, you, if you don't know Billy Graham, what's not, it's not important like who he is uh, publicly. Billy Graham was a guy who was well-known. He advised many presidents, uh, many people all over the world, actually. And, and if you don't know what happens when you become well-known like that, you know what people want? They want they're going to watch you fail, typically. I mean, have we all gotten there before where you're wondering if your hero, when they're going to fail, when they're going to collapse, when, the, when you're going to hear about this horrible moment? Well, Billy Graham was one of the guys that they couldn't really, they, they couldn't find that. Like, why are you not, like, tripping up, man? And they asked him over and over, like, how are you not, like, messing up and screwing up? He's like, well, I'm not perfect, but I do have a way. I need Jesus as my gatekeeper. So here's what he would do. I, I'm not prescribing this. I'm going to adapt it, though. So here's what he would do. Every single day, every day, he would read five psalms. They're, they're in the Bible. If you're new to the Bible, if you open up your Bible in the middle, you're going to find what's called psalms. They'll, they'll sound like songs or, or poems. And they're very, very moving if you let it speak to your soul. He would read five a day and a proverb, wisdom. Like, hey, what do I do today? In addition to that... <laughs> Every week, he would read one of the Gospels. If you don't know what the Gospels are, there's four of them. They talk about Jesus. See, some of you are like, I mean, that is a load of homework. Right? I get it. I get it. This is Billy Graham, and I know some of us are like, man, I can't do that. Okay, okay, if you can't do that. It doesn't change the fact that you need a gatekeeper. You got me? You still have thoughts that go to dark places. You still look at yourself in not all the ways that God looks at you, and and that's got to change, so you need a gatekeeper. So here's my challenge. How about, how about you just start reading one of the books about Jesus in the Bible, and when you're done, read another one. I'm not putting a week time limit on it. If you need, if you need a time limit, I'll give you a month or six. Okay, there you go. There you go. Just somewhere in there. If you want a gatekeeper, Start learning from Jesus from the Bible. The Bible is a powerful way to get Jesus as your gatekeeper. That's just, that's one basic stuff. But that's not all we need to learn. The good shepherd isn't just like, hey, I'm going to protect you that way. There's more. Let me read, to, you're familiar with this though. But, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I have all that I need. Yes. I mean, this feels like a guarantee, doesn't it? Because it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Come on. This should be like, I really like that part. That's one of my favorite parts. Like, you're telling me that if I let Jesus be my good shepherd, I have all that I need. Yeah. According to, according to the Bible, yeah. Have you ever wanted all that you need? No? Okay. Well, I have. I've wanted it. I mean, I've wanted, sorry, more than I needed, just to be frank with you. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. That sounds awesome. Have you ever been like in this kind of a, a posture with God going, God, I need, and, you, and you've given him a list, which is not a bad thing. That's a great thing. God, I need this. I need that. I need this. And you go through it. That's awesome. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Have you ever claimed that and not experienced that? I'll just don't answer out loud. Have you said, yes, uh, and he did not provide all that I needed. And you have this tension, right? He says he's my good shepherd. I'm supposed to have all that I need. Let me, let me show you something. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Don't stop reading. <laughs> he lets me. He leads me. He guides me. You are close beside me. There's a trend. Now, let me tell you the trend. You need a shepherd because you need direction. And many of us right now are like, I have a shepherd. Why is he not giving me what I need? I need, I need, I need. And you're going through like, um, so I need um, some new Jordans. Uh, I need... Um, a brand new truck. Okay, let's get beyond that, okay? Let's get beyond, okay. You do have needs. Emotional, spiritual, physical needs. And you need to know this about Jesus. He is your good shepherd and he wants to provide your needs for you. But do not miss a profound thing that, that there is this direction he's giving you. See, many of us are like, yeah, I needed it. And I looked in the mailbox, and it wasn't showing up each day. Or I went outside, and I'm like, hey, I need a truck. Land it right here in this spot, right, right here. Perfect place, right? Okay, I'll get, I'll get the point. Do you want God's best without God's direction? Many, many of us are trying to, we want the need fulfilled, but we don't want to listen to the direction that God has. Do you notice in the actual, you know, God is wonderful, he's, he's, he's my shepherd, he leads me, he takes me, he guides me, he comforts me. Do you see that the person writing it is saying, I'm relying on the good shepherd? Don't miss that. That is that is one of the most profound things you could ever plug into your life. Is not only does he provide it, but he's giving you this direction. I wonder whose direction have you been following? You're like, I don't have what I need. I don't have what I need. All the while God's given direction and direction and direction and direction. We love Psalm 23. Some of you are wrecked because I didn't read the old version of it. But Psalm 23 is beautiful and profound. And can we call it just comforting? Can we call it, let's call it comforting. But do not miss the fact that it is actual directing you on how to live. 
Let me show you direction. This will help you understand if you're following Jesus' direction. Jesus said words matter. Think about how you talk as a family at home. Alexa is recording it. No, words matter. Words matter. Here's what And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Some of us are like, I mean, he doesn't really mean that. Apparently he does. It's in the Bible. Are you letting your words matter? Because Jesus gave you direction, gave me direction, that the words that come out of our mouths matter. Simple direction. You're like, oh yeah, that's good, that's good. It's good. Let's see if we like all of them. Uh, be open-handed with money. It's tax time. Uh, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Man. Every Christian hates that because that means that we have to pay our taxes. I know some of you love to pay taxes, but you can't even get out of your taxes. Jesus himself said, hey, um, you got taxes, pay them. Don't cheat. Don't cheat on your taxes. But you know what else he said? Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Pay your taxes. And give to God what belongs to God. You're like, well, I... You know, this is a, can we admit, this is a financial conversation. If we're talking about taxes. He doesn't change like, oh, this is taxes and this is about my time. No, you can't tithe your time. That, that's... It's not what this, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, money, and give to God what belongs to God. Do you give to God money? It's the direction given to us by Jesus himself. If you want to know if Jesus ever said you should give, he did. Are you, are you wanting God's best without following his direction? Let me show you another one that we, we really love to talk about, serve others. You know, Jesus said to serve others. Uh, but among you, It'll be different. Woo. Sometimes when we think about different, we think about all different types of terms, how Christians should be different. Look, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Bring this to work with you. Bill, everyone will love you for it. Uh, among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. If you're a teacher and you have kids line up, put this by there. That's going to be great. <laughs> but you see that Jesus talked about serving others is a big deal. Do you follow that direction? Jesus is your good shepherd. If you're like, you know what? I'm not sure I buy that. Let me take you back to where we started. Remember where we started? Perhaps the most depressing version of a psalm. By the way, this is not in the Bible. Let me just, this is not in the Bible. I took what was in the Bible and took out the good shepherd, and this is what happens. This is without the good shepherd. I am my own shepherd. I don't have what I need. I get so little rest. I have no peace. I feel weak. I'm going to all, I'm going in all the wrong directions. When I do go, it's so scary and I'm afraid. I feel all alone like nobody's with me. I have lots of threats. Nobody fighting for me. My enemies are winning. I'm mocked, belittled. Nobody sees me as significant. I'm empty. I don't want that for you. In this series where we're talking about Jesus over and over and over, there's going to be certain times it's like, oh, I love that so much about Jesus. But there's going to be parts where you're like, I got to listen to the shepherd. 
challenge you to take this and put it in front of you for a while. Ask yourself day by day, am I letting him shepherd my life? Or do I just want what he's got? Am I letting him shepherd my decisions? Or do I just want him to do what I want? It's a challenge for all of us. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, would you help us to have open hearts to letting you actually shepherd us, lead us. Um, God, I, I am so grateful that we don't have to sit in life and just wonder what to do and wonder what to do and wonder what to do. You lead us to places full of peace and serenity. You lead us through dark storms and valleys. Lord, would you help every one of us to, as you lead us, to listen to you. Lord, help us to hear your voice and to obey. God, thanks for this lesson. May we as a church live it out and glorify you through it. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.